The Reseller Hangout Podcast is all about helping you grow, scale, and thrive in your reselling business. We're Rob and Melissa with Flea Market Flipper and have been in the resale biz for over 20 years. Not only do we buy and sell awesome items on a weekly basis, we also coach other resellers how to take their business to the next level. In this podcast, we are committed to bringing you great guests who love to share their tips, tactics that will help you level up in your current reselling business. So let's go. All right, guys, welcome. We are so honored to have Nick Loper here with us today to give some awesome advice and nuggets in this uh, realm of side hustling. Side hustles. Nick has been doing this for over eight years. He's been interviewing all different types of individuals who have side hustles. Um, and over, over 400 interviews. 400. <laughs> so he's got some great wisdom, some great knowledge and information that he can uh, he can bring to all of us. Uh, in the realm of side hustles and on the flipping aspect of it. So Nick, thank you so much for jumping in here with us. We're so excited to have you today. You bet. I mean, you were one of the early guests. I want to say 2014 or something. It was pretty early days for the show, man. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Nick was actually our first flea market flipper. He was our first podcast interview that, that we ever we did. went on. Yeah. Um, and I still remember talking to Nick on the phone before the podcast and uh, not knowing what I was doing, but he pulled me on and uh, it was awesome. I had a great time with him back in the day. I love it. That's, that's what brings me the most joy is like trying to like scoop these up and coming stories um, of people like yourself who just have cool, creative, interesting businesses. And uh, well, well, how does that work? You know, just playing, playing the curious uh, host and seeing where that takes us. That is awesome. And we're so thankful that you do do that because you give us so much great information and insight in all different side hustles. So, um, but today we're actually going to focus on um, some key aspects of our side hustle, how we can get more out of flipping and more doing it as a side hustle. Exactly. More um, definite about if you have a full-time job, um, how do you, how do you balance it? How do you balance that time that you're spending on the side hustle? Um, and how do you, uh, how do you keep your full-time job and without going crazy and throwing kids in the mix of it? So, uh, um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, we'll go ahead and ask Nick some questions and uh, get some uh, some great feedback from him for sure. Yeah. Um, first, before we started, we wanted to ask you, Nick, um, what got you started in exploring side hustles? I mean, in the very early days, I was the person who just knew they didn't want to climb the corporate ladder. It's like there's got to be there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a way out. Um, my original side business was a comparison shopping site for footwear. So I've been playing mostly in the online space, you know, for for my entrepreneurial journey. But prior to that, I you know painted houses. I was the kid like trying to sell candy to my fellow uh, Boy Scouts at summer camp, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, the house painting uh, gig definitely like solidified, like, oh, you're, you know, it, it's a lot more fun to kind of like be in control of your own destiny in, in some way, more stressful, but more rewarding as well. Um, so I started the shoe business while I was working corporate, um, it was three years of nights and weekends before I felt comfortable, um, you know, giving my notice at work, turning in the keys to the company car and said, all right, I'm going to make a go at this. Um, it w- I kind of thought like that could be my thing. Like I'll just be the guy who sells shoes on the internet. Um, like a lot of businesses that had a finite lifespan and I'm really fortunate and grateful to have started a bunch of other side projects um, while the shoe business was running. Most of which for full disclosure, you know, died a quiet death in some corner of the internet. Uh, but a couple stuck around. And one of those was uh, the side hustle nation.com blog and the side hustle show podcast, which started uh, in 2013. So it was like, you know, five years deep into being a, a full-time uh, entrepreneur, full-time side hustler at that point. Um, and so it was kind of a result of my own 
you know, kind of the, some, some of the questions that a lot of people will, will turn back to you if you're like, well, well, how do I figure out, you know, what to do? And so the questions would be like, well, you know, what do you never get tired about talking about? What lights you up? What do other people come to you advi for advice for? And, you know, since I'd already done the thing, quit my job, people were naturally at, well, how did that work? You know, how are you able to, you know, stay at home and do this stuff? Um, I found I really enjoyed, you know, deconstructing uh, other businesses, like, well, you know, where does, where does the money come from here? You know, how did you market that? Like, you know, all that stuff is, is was, and still is uh, really fascinating to me. And so that's kind of how the the podcast got its start. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And one of those big things is what lights you guys up? That is the big thing. Most of you guys that are here right now, you are lit up like me when you're out there searching for awesome stuff. You're looking for those deals, whether it's in a uh, flea market, a thrift store, whether it's even retail shops, wherever it's at, wherever you can find those deals, uh, that's what lights you up. And uh, like Nick said, that makes it awesome. That makes it your, your profession or your side hustle so much better when you actually have a great time doing it. So uh, like going to be something about it that you don't like but if you sure. really love you know the most part of what you're doing you're slightly passionate about i am flipping <laughs> i am um so nick what would you say what makes some people successful with their side hustle while others might struggle to make it work oh my gosh i mean there's lots of different things that we can, we can get into but one of the biggest at the very start is this willingness to step off of the ledge or maybe you know, that, that cannot, uh, uh, falling. So maybe like taking that step, uh, first step up the mountain, you know, not necessarily knowing the rest of the path. Um, because it's, it's so easy to stay stuck kind of on the, um, entrepreneurial sidelines or the side hustle sidelines, like trying to map out the entire route, trying to map out this entire path. And I just, I don't know if that's super realistic getting started. It's like, okay, choosing what's next doesn't mean choosing what's forever, but like, you gotta be uh, you know willing to do that first thing and seeing, okay, what kind of reaction it gets? Do you find it something that you enjoy doing? I mean, that was, that was the podcast. It was, you know, $50 mic in the corner of the living room, you know, is this thing on? And you know, it was like, am I going to, am I going to run out of people to talk to? What did I just commit myself to? But it was something that I found that I enjoy doing and was seeing just enough traction from to justify continuing to do it. And I think, you either find that or you, or you don't. And then you say, well, uh, luckily it wasn't a life-threatening experiment. I can kind of go back to the drawing board and try something new, but that hesitation to get start for fear of failure or for fear of not knowing steps two through 10, um, I think holds a lot of people back. Great point for sure. That's awesome. And it, you have to, and like Nick said, you have to be willing to take that next step. Um, even if you do have some failures in the business, I've had tons of failures myself, um, but it's one of those things that you're willing to do. You're willing to course correct along the way. Um, and yeah, I think that's a huge point, Nick, that you'd have to be willing to go that next up the mountain, take that next step. And then it, it, the payoff is huge when you find it and you get there. But yeah, I, that's an awesome point for sure. Did you guys uh, meet uh, Todd uh, Tresseter at, at one of your FinCons over the years? I don't think I don't so. Think so. so Todd is, um, he's kind of like my dad's age. So he's kind of, and he's like a long lean guy and like a really good skier. So I like, I, he reminds me of my dad in a lot of ways, but when Todd was on the show, he kind of, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but he's like, um, the law of, you know, wealth creation is, you know, probability times uh, outcome, you know, so he had some weird formula for it, but what he was trying to say, was, you know, if you minimize your downside risk and you have positioned these, you know, side hustles or businesses or, or startups uh, in such a way that the upside is large enough, it just becomes a matter of taking enough swings. Like it, it's like your, your wealth almost becomes inevitable as long as you 
you know, minimize that downside on each one. And same thing, you know, starting flipping, it's like, well, what, what are you comfortable with investing in initial inventory? Um, you know, for, for all my online stuff or a lot of my online stuff is like, well, domain name and hosting. It's like, you know, a hundred bucks, you know, you can get stuff off the ground really, really affordably. So kind of managing, uh, you know, managing the risk and then, you know, positioning it. Well, how does this scale like three to five years down the road? If it hits, is that a win for me? Um, and, and sometimes yes, sometimes no. And so kind of align that with your goals. Yeah, awesome. I love it. I love yeah, it for sure. Really good. Um, would you say there's any common traits or characteristics or habits like of all these people that you've interviewed in your in, that are doing a successful side hustle? Um, do they have any commonalities among them that you've picked up? I think there are. Well, let's talk about the the time aspect first, um, and then uh, and then I've got five traits that I think um, will make you more effective in your side hustle and, and some of the you know common threads and themes that we've seen from from the years of the interviews. First off, like the time, and I don't know about you, but like I have found myself guilty at, at many points saying I didn't have enough time. I, I would do that if I just had the time. And what I have been trying to force myself to reframe that as is I prioritized something else. It's a little more honest. It's a little more brutal, but I prioritized something else. And we've got this poster, you know, we just moved. So it's still like sitting on the floor. We haven't hung it up yet, but it's this little artistic print. It says, you know, everything in life got so much easier once he realized there was exactly enough time for the priorities in his life or for the most important things in your life. And it's like, we kind of know that instinctively where we, we vote our priorities with our time. And I, you know, I'm not faulting anyone because there's, there's different seasons in life too. Like we were just at the park with a couple of friends of ours. They've got like twin one-year-olds. It's a different season in their life. Side hustle, not really on their radar right now. And that's, that's totally fine. But um, being honest with yourself. So 168 hours in the week, uh, asking yourself, well, where is that time going today? Do you really, cause I've been there too. Like um, there are days where like, I did not have a spare, you know, minute to just like, you know, breathe and focus and like, you know, do this. But if you zoom it out over the course of a week, 168 hours seems a little bit more manageable, more doable. And so what I've recommended in the past is like to do this time tracking audit And there. Are, you can do that like on your phone. I think a time logger uh, was an app that was recommended. Toggle is another one, T-O-G-G-L. I would, you know, if you're working from your computer, you might find, you know, just have an Excel file, like start time, stop time. What were you doing? And just being able to to tally that up at the end of the week to say, oh, you know, I spent, you know, three cumulative hours, like getting kids ready to go out the door or, you know, on some sort of like, maybe it was my commute or maybe, you know, it's trying to get a log of like um, where, where those hours are actually going. And it doesn't mean I'm, I think you guys are like the examples of like multitaskers extraordinaire, like with your morning runs, like, oh, we got, uh, we're working on our fitness and we got, uh, you know, we got the kids with us. We got some family time going on. Oh, we're listening to a podcast too. We're like doing the entrepreneurial education thing. Oh, and by the way, we might, uh, <laughs> we might spot something that's worthwhile to source while we're out there. It's like the ultimate multitask. Um, but, uh, but starting there, uh, you know, with this time audit and getting, honest with yourself, like, okay, if it's a priority to me, I will carve out the time and make it a consistent habit. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, like something like that, because it's easy to, it's easy to build positive momentum, but it's just as easy to build negative momentum. You skip it for a day, you skip it for two days. I think that's James Clear's rule. Like don't ever take two days off in a row. Cause then it's like, Oh, it's a slippery slope uh, to go down from there. Um, but I've got five uh, habits that I think will make you a more effective 
side hustler, more effective flipper, more effective uh, entrepreneur. And the first of those, I'm gonna bring up my list here, but the first of those is like tracking your, your key performance indicators, like identifying your, um, the metrics that matter in your business. And those you know, are the, the levers that you have some influence over that you can test different things. And maybe it's um, you know, the, the hours spent scrolling on, on offer up, or maybe it's like the offers made uh, maybe it's like the percentage take rate on your offers. Maybe it's the target margin that you're shooting for. Maybe it's you know the ROI on certain flips. So the second thing that I think um, will make you more effective, or at least I've found to be helpful for me, is instead of you know year-long goals or even like oh here's my five-year goal. Um, I think that stuff is is good, but it's it's kind of just a wild guess at that point. So I like to set what I'll call like sprint goals, short-term sprint goals. These are maybe uh, you know, four weeks, eight weeks, something that has a, a tangible deadline. It's kind of like, you know, registering for a half marathon that's two months out. Like, okay, I better get training for that. Versus like, if I register for something next year, I, I got, I got some time, I'll figure that out. So like an urgency, a deadline with some urgency or a goal with some urgency, um, especially for like project-based stuff. Like I want to get this book done. I want to launch this summit. I want to launch this podcast. I want to, you know, hit $5,000 in eBay sale, like whatever it is. So kind of these um, shorter term goals. The next thing that I have, number three, is this habit of writing down your top three priorities for tomorrow, the night before. And I feel like when I get up in the morning and I have done this, I know exactly what to work on and in what order before I dive into reactive mode, someone else's agenda. I want to be moving my own life forward, my own goals forward before I dive into Facebook, dive into email and start like this, you know, you know, putting out fires, right? It's like, okay, if I can, if I can get, you know, one, maybe two of those done, you know, before going into seeing what the rest of the world has going on, I, I know that's going to be a much better day. Um, and so that's kind of the, uh, the third habit, like this, um, you know, writing this down, and like, and then trusting that, you know, cause it's easy to be like, oh, well, that's what yesterday Nick said. Like, is that really important um, to do that? And then at the end of the day, I try and do um, kind of like, a, uh, like a, I called it my, I done this habit for a lot of times. There was, I think there was a service that maybe still is called I done this, um, which is just like, it sends you an email or did, and you just reply back with like, what'd you get done today? So that I had rigged up a system with like Google sheets and so you could kind of, uh, you know, combine all that um, and say, well, what did you get done today? Well, I recorded this episode and I, you know, updated this thing and I, you know, met with resellers, you know, all these uh, different things. But like, it's easy to, because that's the, that's the like, look in the mirror, honesty, honesty question. Like, did I do work that mattered today? Did I make progress today? And sometimes, you know, you spend a lot of time on maintenance mode or, you know, things that kind of feel productive, but if you have your short-term sprint goal in mind and this, um, you know, I done this habit, you know, you kind of have to be honest. Did I, am I making progress toward that goal that I said was important to me and uh, and go from there. Um, number four is um, something that I have found just like personally beneficial um, for, you know, habits that I want to change because I was, I would be the person um, you know, who, who would look at, you know, December 31st and say, okay, New Year's resolutions, what are we going to do? We're like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, get up at 530. I'm going to drink a healthy smoothie. I'm going to journal and meditate and I'm going to eat no sugar and no carbs and like, 
you, you try and change too many variables at once and you do it for a day, you do it for two, and then you kind of fall off the wagon. Um, so the fourth thing is what I'll call like micro habits. These are like one small tweak to your day that you want to experiment with that, uh, that you think might be meaningful for you. And so this could be starting a meditation habit. This could be, you know, doing 10 push-ups, doing 10 burpees. This could be, uh, making the bed. This could be, you know, a dietary change of, you know, avoiding processed sugar and stuff like that. It could be, uh, reading. I'm going to read a chapter of the book, uh, you know, of some book every night, I'm going to write a chapter of my book every night, or I'm going to write 500 pages. I'm going to write one page, you know, kind of this, you know, building this daily habit, but positioning it as, um, as an experiment, like, okay. And, and if, if I try and make it too small to fail, like one of the first ones I did was like, um, just push-ups, like in a, you know the the micro examples. Like, well, just if I just do one push-up, I can check the box and make that a win. If I just floss one tooth, I can check the box and make that a win. But what I ended up doing was like, well, how many push-ups could I do? You know, and I think I did like twenty-seven on day one, and then every day we try and do one more. Kind of, could I beat yesterday's record? And by the end of the month, it was like seventy something. So I was like, oh, okay, just trying to stack up these uh, these little incremental improvements. And so that's kind of the what I think you'll find there is like this slight edge or this compound effect of you know stacking up these marginal gains. Um, you know, establish you know one tiny habit at a time until it becomes ingrained, and then on to the next thing and on to the next thing. And it kind of comes from Amazon. I read at one point Amazon is testing like a thousand different variables. They're running like a thousand different split tests on their site. You know, the position of this button, the shape of, you know, the size of this text, all of these different things, like trying to eke out, you know, an extra 0.01% of conversion rate or something. Cause like, you know, with the volume that they're doing, that would be significant to the bottom line. And I think you can apply that uh, same, always be testing mentality to yourself, always be experimenting on, you know, one little, one little thing. And then the fifth thing, and there's a lot of data to back this up, is this uh, gratitude practice, gratitude journaling. Um, you know, what were you, what are you thankful for? Because I find when um, it, it, there's always fires to put out, there's always stuff that goes wrong. There's always, you know, uh, one brother kicking the other, other brother in the neck. It's like easy to get like, oh man, today was just nuts. But a little bit of a pause to say, you know, what am I grateful for? And I, I kind of combine this with the, you know, priority task for the next day. So, what I get done today? What am I grateful for? What do I need to tackle tomorrow? And um, I find that that leads to a happier and more effective uh, Nick for sure. I love it. I love it. And I like how you break down and it's not, it's not about that thing. Like you said, creating those goals that are unattainable. It's not like doing that a year in advance. You're making these small incremental um, uh, wins that you guys can stack up. And I relate it more to, I, I mean, something that came to my mind while you're talking is Dave Ramsey talks about uh, uh, getting out of debt and stuff like that. But one of the keys he always talks about is taking your credit cards and paying off the lowest credit card first or the lowest balance first, and then go to the next balance and then the next balance and the next balance. And when you do that, you get this uh, um, quick win. It's a quick win, but it's also this uh, feel of accomplishment. I just did one man, I can go do another yeah. one. And then you just start getting that. And the same thing that Nick's saying, you're getting these accomplishments because they're not unattainable. They're micro, but at the same time, that's what's going to push you to the next level. You get those uh, successes and then you keep going and you adjust and you keep going with it. So excellent, yeah. Nick. That we, was awesome. We both took good notes too. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I've been back and forth on this. So I'll get you guys take on it too. It's like, process oriented goals versus outcome goals. Like the outcome goal is, oh, I want to have a million dollar business. Um, the, the process oriented goal is like, 
I want to do the thing that will maybe hopefully get me there. It's like, I will, you know, write 500 words a day. I will ask for, you know, raises from my affiliate partners. I will, you know, make sure I list 10 items a week. You know, it's kind of this process oriented goal versus this, because you have more control over like, you know, I don't know. So I've gone back and forth on that because I think you need maybe a combination of both uh, versus just, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? I like the process oriented goal just because you can, I can control that more than the other one, but then it usually leads to the other one. But when we are talking about goals, we usually go to the outcome goal, which it should be more yeah. of a process oriented. Yeah. And I think of it as people want, they get into a side hustle, they get into uh, flipping and they want to make an extra thousand dollars a month, but uh, how is that exactly, happen? how is it going to be? And then that's where you make the commitment of, okay, you know what? Um, money comes in when I list stuff, whether it's offer up, whether it's Facebook marketplace, whether it's eBay, wherever it's going. So what can I do to get to that thousand dollars? I need to list one thing a day. I need to make sure I list one thing a day, at least one thing, maybe two things a day. And you have to get to that. And that's the, the goals that you have to set. And then you have to stick behind them. But I agree with you, Nick, you're the, the more that you do that and you start to get those wins. Also the habit is building of you listing one thing a day by the end of the month, just like your pushups. You're going to be there because you're making the commitment and you're following through with it. And it's not something that's unattainable. So I 100% agree. That's awesome. Yeah. I think you're trying to reverse engineer like the revenue flow in your business. And, and maybe that's where your, you know, your KPIs, your key performance indicators come into play. Maybe it is this uh, listing one, um, you know, one item a day. Like in the painting business, it was, um, you know, leads to estimates, to sales, to doing the work, like going and painting the house. And so like really the top of the top of the funnel, so to speak, was leads. And those were mostly cold calling, like door to door. And so hours spent cold calling was kind of the, you know, lead domino for a lot of this, uh, a lot of everything that came afterwards. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So for us, it's like sourcing those good items yeah. and getting them listed is always the bottleneck yep, for, the most, for yeah. most people. It is. And then get them listed. And then, cause they can't sell if they're not listed. Yeah. So For most people who like reselling, the problem is not finding items. We can get out there and we can find some great items and we can find lots of them. It's the bottleneck is they're sitting up in that death pile of stuff you <laughs> bought and you don't have it listed yet. So you got to get it listed to make that money. So get those KPIs going. Exactly. One thing that I really love that you said, Nick, um, was the top three priorities the night before, because I think that is so important because it's so easy, especially now in to get distracted. Like there's so many distractions in our life. You wake up in between email, social media. I look at the screen time pop-up. You spent this much time on screen time. I'm like, oh yeah, it was all work. It was all work that I was on my screen. <laughs> That's what I try and justify too. It's like, oh, you spent an hour and 20 minutes on your phone, you know, last week or something, and you know, per day. It's like yeah. per day. It's like, well, some of that was work time. It's, I, yeah. yeah. I try to justify it, but yeah, I know a lot of it was not. So that was, that's wasted time. And I should have been doing something else and getting my priorities done. Yeah. If you work on those top three, cause I have a tendency to go, well, let, what's my top 15 priorities for the day? Like, and then too big, it's too much. And I get overwhelmed and then I go to social media. <laughs> so, so having three is very good. That is. That's yeah. awesome. And breaking them down into like the smallest actionable steps. Cause I've been the person, um, you know, where the item just, you know, it sits on the to-do list for for weeks and for months and, and you're like why, why is this not getting done and then again you look at the mirror well it's on you dummy you know if you don't take action on it nothing's going to happen um it, but it, it sits there because you're never going to have this uninterrupted 37 hour block of time to tackle it and so it's like okay if i were to chip away at this okay what could i do to you know start working on this the i had a book project this summer and it took like 
nine months, 10 months. Like it took way longer than I ever expected it to because it was it was a really intimidating project to tackle. And so I never felt like, I, well, I don't have time. I don't have the bandwidth to deal with this right now. But you know, there was a hundred stories in the book. Like I could have made the habit, of, well, let me just do one a day. Let me just go through, edit one a day. And you know, I would have been done in three and a half months instead of 10. So it's a, it's a do as I say, not as I do kind of thing <laughs> with that example. I love it. That's good. For sure. Um, we had just had a couple of quick more questions um, was, so you've interviewed a wide range of resellers. So what are some of the different niches of sellers and flippers that you've had come across that you've seen? Oh my gosh. We've had people doing uh, phones, doing books, doing uh, cars. Uh, that wasn't a, that was just a, a post on the site doing sneakers, doing appliances, which um, that was one of the earliest ones that we did. That was Ryan Finley from uh, Re yep. Craigslist. I don't know if he's still active, but he really opened my eyes to the possibility of what, what was available. And it's like, could you imagine like a heavier, bulkier, more difficult to transport type of item to, to go out and flip, but he was doing well, supporting his family, doing that stuff. And in a couple of things that he stood out uh, in that call that were really interesting was, um, you know, in the early days, set yourself a daily goal. I'm going to go find 50 bucks worth of profit today. I'm going to go find a hundred bucks worth of profit today. And I think he did that until he had erased his debt. And then, you know, it's like, oh, if I can do this consistently, this could be a full-time thing. Um, and the other thing that he said was, you know, opportunities become visible once you're in motion. And at that time, you know, going back, you know, probably 2014 timeframe, I kind of dismissed that as like, yeah, that sounds like kind of hippy dippy advice, but I have since seen it to be 100% true. Like the conversations that you have, the ideas that get sparked while you're out doing the thing, those, those are sometimes worth way more than the thing itself. Like I was working on a failed uh, one of my failed side hustles were like this wine related site I had no reason to exist. I have no, I know nothing about wine. It was just yeah, kind of a garbage site. While I was doing research for that, I happened upon this website that was reviewing wine clubs as an affiliate, like an affiliate model site. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Like what, you know, what else could I pivot that to? Like, what else could I start, you know, creating or crowdsourcing reviews for? And one thing that had come up in my own, you know, personal uh, pains and struggles as an entrepreneur was hiring help. So I started this site called Virtual Assistant Assistant, which just sold about a year ago, but ran this thing for nine years. This is one of my most successful side projects that was clearly a result of this you know, idea that was sparked while I was working on something completely unrelated, but it was just like, okay, opportunities become visible once you're in motion. So that was one um, that definitely stood out uh, from that call with Ryan, but we've seen people flip, I mean, all sorts of things. I don't know if anybody... Uh, goes any bigger than you guys in terms of the industrial equipment. But we talked to uh, Stacy uh, Gallego, student of yours, who was doing you know, sleep number beds, and like sometimes kind of bulky stuff. She's like, yeah, freight shipping was, you know, it's intimidating until you do it once and then it's not so bad. And, uh, we, you know, we're finding as new homeowners, we're finding the same thing with home improvement projects. It's intimidating until you do it once. And, oh, that, you know, that wasn't so bad. Like we just, swapped out the sink and dishwasher this weekend. And they're like, okay, you know, of course it took a few more trips to the hardware store than we had originally planned, but we'll feel more confident for the next one. Every, every step of the way it kind of builds up. It yeah. is for sure. And with YouTube out there, you can do almost anything. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I, people always ask how he can like fix a lot of stuff and yeah, yes, you're handy, but you, he looks up a lot of stuff on YouTube, but I <laughs> am handy because I've done it. I've done it over and over. You swap yeah. out a sink once yeah. you swap, swap out a sink twice, <laughs> three times, four times. By the time you do, it, I mean, you're pretty much a pro same thing for dishwashers. I've yeah. done 
probably 15, 20 dishwashers. So it's not that it's but one the first of those time things. you take anything on. It it's is. A, it's the repetition. That's the thing go. with anything. The repetition, the more that you do it, the, when you're listing items, it takes you the 10 minutes to list your item the first time, one item. By the time you do 100 of them, the, you're doing it in like two or two minutes, you know, a minute and a half to get an item listed. So that is, it's a good point. That the more that you do something, the better you get at it for sure. Yeah. Cool. We had like thrift store finds, um, you know, vintage clothing, like all that type of stuff. But where, like you got to make it worth your while or it's like, you know, this was the guy who was, you know, flipping sneakers and he was like doing like the limited edition, um, you know, super rare sneaker drops. And sometimes like, I, I was, you know, he was like reselling t-shirts. He's like, okay, that's great. But I make 10 bucks. It's like, I could resell this pair of shoes and make 200. It's like, okay. So it's like the same, same amount of effort really required to do both. And so, um, you know, trying to aim, aim a little bit higher as your, as your budget allows I had a guy who, um, this is an interview that's just coming out on the side hustle show, who was, uh, you know, kind of specialized in flipping iPhones. And it was, you know, you might have several thousand dollars worth of inventory at any one point before you go out and, and sell those or resell those. But it was like, you know, pretty clear metrics here. You know, you had a little price sheet. Here's what these phones uh, are worth in this condition, you know, kind of like a little grid matrix type of thing. So he knows what kind of offers to make, aiming to make a hundred bucks a flip and just, Kind of was going to town. How do I go out? And, and his goal, his KPI was to have one deal lined up by the time he leaves the house in the morning. It would be time by the time he wakes up in the morning. Just like, okay, I'm going to go meet this seller over here. I'm going to meet this seller over here. And he was getting it done. Awesome. Huge nuggets, guys. You guys should be thinking about your business right now and how you can set those KPIs, how you can do that that next step Hopefully to get you, you that notes, level. Because those are great yeah. notes. And you can watch the replay too. For sure. Um, did you have any other tips or advice you want to give uh, the attendees? The question that uh, that comes up a lot is like, well, you know, how do I know when it's okay to to go full time into this? Great and one. that's and that's one question that you know I always ask you, Rob. It's like, well, you ever worry about the deals drying up? Like, it's very much a you know a, a eat what you kill kind of a business. So you got to always be out sourcing and hunting for profit. And you know, once you develop the skill set and you you know build the confidence, you kind of understand like. No, the, the deals aren't going anywhere. Like there's there's more than enough inventory uh, to go around, but it's like having that having that practice. And so what I tell most people is I want to see a track record of revenue. Um, you know, going back six or twelve months, like just making sure maybe maybe it doesn't fully cover your uh, day job income, but hopefully you know you're living below your means and it covers your fixed expenses. So you're you're not at least you're not dipping into savings. You're not uh, taking on more debt if you do. Uh, make that leap. So you have you've kind of built it up on the side using you know these effectiveness habits and, and uh, you know time prioritization habits to the point where it's like, okay, you know if I had another 40, 50 hours a week to dedicate to this, I think I could get it to uh, the day job income level and and beyond in a lot of cases is what people find. So just trying of um, you know I, I hear a lot of people oh, you know, an entrepreneur is uh, somebody who, who, you know, jumps out of the airplane and figures out how to build their parachute on the way down. And this is a, a Reed Hoffman quote from LinkedIn. And it's like, that sounds terrifying. Like, don't do that. Um, you know, proof of concept on, on a low risk scale and, uh, and build it up from there. Yeah. I love we, it. We do get, get that question a lot too, yeah. because people jump in, they're really excited and it's great that you're excited, but get the side hustle going first. And, and the, make, experience. And the experience, the experience to make yeah. it. 
So don't just go quit your job. Great <laughs> advice. So have, yeah, Nick just gave you the formula, guys. If you're at that point where you're trying to figure out if you're ready to scale, ready to get rid of your daytime job because you love this so much more, there's the formula right there, guys. So you definitely want to be that level. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. So where can everybody find you? Of course, we'd love to have you tune into the Side Hustle Show where we cover not just flipping, but um, any variety of uh, side hustle under the sun through the last eight years. Tons of uh, good stuff in the archives. If you don't know where to start, I put together a, a free Spotify playlist, greatest hits playlist, uh, if you want to uh, dive in there. Um, SideHustleNation.com slash RSS bonus, Reseller Summit bonus is uh, where you find a free digital copy of the Progress Journal. This is my personal productivity tracker um, that incorporates the five habits that we talked about today. So you can get a free digital uh, six-month version of that over there at sidehustlenation.com slash RSS bonus. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, yes. jumping on with us, Nick. Nick, we greatly appreciate your time. We greatly appreciate all your wisdom and your knowledge in this arena. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We can't thank you enough for uh, doing this and, and uh, helping everybody out with this side hustle. So you rock. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> you guys are awesome. We want to thank you so much for spending your valuable time with us. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review and share this episode with your friends. We are so incredibly grateful to be on this flipping journey with you. Woohoo! We'll catch you on the flip side.